It's been a long December. <laughs> it's been a well, I don't even fucking know. There's right. reason to believe maybe this year will be better than the last. Better, okay. <clears throat> well, listen. I don't know if you know this, but we've been recording this entire time. <gasps> this whole time. This whole time. And I don't know about music. I don't know about nothing. But I know that I guess we're doing a morning radio show <laughs> now. <laughs> hey there, guys. Welcome to Was That in Good Taste segment. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what is it? What is it? Uh, fucking like, like Casey and Fabian in the morning. <laughs> You gotta have a baby crying. You gotta have like some sort of. (laughs) And today we're talking about. Oh, we're talking about that urban music. Is it that hip hop? That hip hop. Ooh, wicker 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 wicker. Yo, (laughs) you ever had a? I always really kind of wondered why all these white people liked Wu Tang. You know, what's uh what's the deal? <laughs> what's the, what's the With deal? With all these white people what's... in the Wu Tang clan. I don't know if you know this, but black people like Wu Tang, but white people like Wu Tang more. Uh, that's a that's a heavy statement. Do <laughs> white people like Wu Tang more than black people? Okay, Alright, so go on Facebook. Uh, let's check it let's go on let's talk <laughs> to the streets. Let's talk to the streets. Hey there, uh, so do you like Wu Tang? Well, uh. <laughs> The streets are really indecisive about their opinion on Wu Tang. What would you? What would be your radio voice? I hold on. I can't even. My my radio voice would be much more announcer esque, and you'd kind of feel a lot of resistance to the radio, but also a lot of inflection. And you just gotta know when to back off of a word. <laughs> Good morning, Vietnam. Well, I don't want to shock anyone, but there's just there's no intro. No, there's no music. We couldn't afford it. <laughs> it's, it's out of our budget. <laughs> we tried to use a Wu Tang song, but uh... but you know we couldn't afford the Kickstarter. What was that story with Wu Tang? And their last album. Okay, so their last album. It was the the fuckface who had like the huge monopoly on uh, some Martin sort of, Scarelli. Yeah, that fuckface. So what had happened was Wu Tang put their most recent album up to bid. They made one copy of it, and whoever bought it was just gonna they'd have they'd have that one album, and no one else would. And so Martin Screlly, the only motherfucker who everyone assumes would totally be complacent in allowing that. Like, anyone else who would buy that album would then put it up for everyone to listen to. He is the one person everyone knows would do the complete opposite of that. Wait, you mean the one person who took, like, a life-saving medication and quadrupled the price? Oh, man. Yeah, like, you do some fuck shit like that. <laughs> you like, oh, wait, I need a radio. Like, oh, yeah, the little slide. With- <laughs> He's like, wah, and yo, he wah, took a hole, and 50 people died. <laughs> 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 
Ay, chica. Ay, chica. <laughs> Sorry. We, <laughs> we went to Abe, 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 Seche in the morning. And now we're going to cut to, we're going to cut to a commercial. Well, are you have a, a life, <laughs> life-threatening illness? Do you need medicine? Well, it's going to cost you $15,000. Do you not have insurance? Would you like insurance? Would you like to owe insurance for the rest of your life? Bernie Sanders is scum. What a socialist. (laughs) I can't. Um, They're playing ads. They're playing ads right now between commercials of this debate because they know. They they know. know. So on this, I can't even do the accent. It's like on this very channel, Pfizer and all the big companies. On ABC on right ABC now. right now. <laughs> if you don't think this is a problem. For those of you who aren't in this room with us right now, I'm just nailing these hand gestures. I swear that you are, though. Like, I have just enough limpness in the index of the finger, but strength in the forehand, mm. like the palm. There, there's a lot of sternness. Yes. Even when he's tired. Even when, he's, even when he's tired. Even when he's tired. It's, it's, it's there. Like, but the finger's got a wag. If you, if you keep the finger too stiff, then you end up being insulting because you're pointing. He doesn't point at anyone. His finger just kind of wag because you know it's a universal disappointment. He's not pointing at anyone in particular he's mad at. He's just – it's the system. So it has to have a very broad coverage. Do you think Bernie listens to like hip hop unironically? Oh hell yeah! Do you think he's like 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 from the D to the A with with T Grizzly and Little Yachty? Nah, nah. <laughs> you know? He ain't pu- I know, I know for a fact Bernie is pumping fucking Ghetto Boys and UGK, and he's rolling up to debate. Come to on, debates. niggas in Paris, right? You <laughs> <laughs> know, dude, I can see, I can just feel it right now. That shit cray, man. <laughs> that shit, that shit cray. You know. Oh, I. You know what? No, I. Oh, I swear, does not. I'm not trying to segue, but I bet you he likes Wu Tang, dude. All right, you talking about a white kid growing up in Vermont, probably the suburbs of Vermont. I don't know what mm-hmm. Vermont looks like, but I'm guessing there's a fuck ton of white suburbs. I'm pretty in Vermont. sure it's all suburbs. Yeah, you got a white kid growing up in the suburbs of Vermont. Guaranteed, he's listening to the Wu Tang Clan. It ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> All right, so I gotta tell you something. I'm, I swear, I'm not even joking. I do not get that reference, but I just pretend that I do. But it, it's, but it, I know that I live in New York, but, but Staten Island is not part of New York, and I didn't know they were from Staten Island. I didn't know the Wu Tang. Yeah. The only reason I know about who the RZA is, there's a TV show called Californication. No. And then the last season, he played a character. No. He played himself. I didn't, know, played... I didn't know who he was. Have you not seen Man with the Iron Fists? You know what? I did, but that was after. Okay, that's fair. I mean, he fucking killed that movie. Like, that was, was so fun. That was such a fun I movie. I have no idea like, who any of these people are. I don't know any of their music. But like, I don't know. You white people seem to know kind of a lot about the Wu-Tang Clan? Can I tell you? I'm not. Even, I swear, I'm not joking. I cannot even comfortably say their name. The Wu Tang like, like, Is it because it's, like, it's a clan? You feel awkward saying clan. I actually, I didn't know it was clan. It was. It was the Wu Tang Clan. It's so weird. But I, hold on. Right. So I know a little bit about them. 
What? Tell me what you know about the Wu Tang Clan. I know that there are rappers that I know that came from the clan. Okay. Now, I don't remember them so well. I have to look at my phone. Oh, I got to pull up them notes. <laughs> now, I know that the RZA, RZA. You, get, you know about the RZA? Do you know about the Jizza? That's Jay-Z. No, that's, that's Jehovah. Oh, that's Jehovah. The Jizza is GZA. He's, he's one of the other founding members of the Wu-Tang. He's the genius. Because he's... Ghost he's I don't know. Well, first of all, RZA, okay. the RZA. Because he's sharp. He's always on point. I, do, I don't know. I don't. I swear, I I, I didn't. I kept this from you. So I only right. know who Ghostface Killer is because of um, Def Jam, <laughs> <laughs> the Streets of uh, Streets of New York video game. Okay, I, I uh... see some people growing up feared the boogeyman coming into their room, and I was scared of the Ghostface Killer. Okay, <laughs> like now that I, I I really and also. Okay, Method Man, but I only knew because of Red Man. What? And Method Man. Mm. Did you see how high? Do, do has, do has mich. Come Are on. you talking about Ramstein now? Ramstein. Ramstein? Cause they, Sorry, I'm Jewish. Cause, it's Ramstein. Because in, <laughs> inside of how high they were in the boat. In the, is that? That, uh, that song I'm, is. I'm total. Uh, that song is in the movie. Oh, man. See, my favorite part of the movie was when the pimp had his like assistant or temp. I don't remember whoever. the movie at all. He, you're 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 saying this. He would I don't have understand. the. There was a, a character in the movie who was a pimp, and he would have his intern powder his hand. I say intern. It was just his right hand man. I'm assuming he wasn't paid for the I position. I don't understand anything you're saying. He would powder his hand like with baby powder or something, and then slap a bitch, and then powder would go everywhere. So like like a LeBron James type thing. I I don't understand any of that. I swear. So the entire reason I don't know if you I'm I'm on the Wu Tang thing because mm-hmm. the entire thing we were talking about I was like oh well, we should do we should do an episode about why why people like Wu Tang. But it was subversively me trying to find out more <laughs> about the Wu Tang oh. Clan because my friend Ian Russo whose podcast. Clearwater, Los Angeles. He's a comedian, and mm-hmm. he does like a little. He does little things. You can come up on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. Ian Russo, and he, I've seen many times, like you are right now. Yo, I just realized. When did you switch into the? When did you switch into the Wu Tang sweater? It was always on. I just took off the overshirt. I did not even realize. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> So I used to always see Ian in, like, these Wu-Tang shirts. And I never, like, I swear. And I think I, I felt kind of opposed to Wu-Tang because white people loved Wu-Tang. And I got, I'm going to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed about me. Me and hip-hop have kind of a contentious little history. That's what I was going to say. You know? A little, bit of, uh, a little bit of a contrarian when it comes to hip-hop. When I was younger... As your Harlem, I love the hip hop a little bit. My mother liked. You I love to hip and to. Hop. I love the hip and to hop. No, I liked. I liked rap. I don't like no about the hip hop stuff. Okay. You know, but I grew up in Harlem. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in Brooklyn and Harlem. I was the, like the birthplace of hip hop. Yeah, but I was liking. You know, like people. you were in the promised land. Yeah, but I also live right. I also live right next to Rucker Park. I didn't play basketball. Like I don't <laughs> like. I don't know what you want from me. Like I grew up in a place where people who treated me poorly. And 
the adults treated me poorly, so I kind of didn't really identify with the entertainment hmm. that they listened to. That's fair. That's you know what fair. I mean? So I didn't really, really connect with it. Not saying that I didn't enjoy it, mm-hmm. but my mother at that time, you know, Pulp Fiction was big, so we used to like have the screenplay. We used to read the screenplay with each other. Oh, you know, she would always, she would always like cut out parts. Like I literally didn't see the part where, where uh, Mrs. Wallace got stabbed in the fucking chest with the adrenaline needle <laughs> until I was an adult because I didn't realize that she had actually like she edited your edited for you. You know, she made sure that I didn't see the things that were like really truly. Like, but did intense? you get to yell? Did he look like a bitch? Of course. Oh, you know. Th- but but I never would because even though I don't cuss in front of my mother now, you know. But like I didn't really, I didn't really identify with all these people, you know. And still, like there were things when I got older, I was like, oh, I was like all this misogyny and hip hop. I was like, I, don't know. I was like, oh man, I was like, I like rock music because, <laughs> because hold on, listen, because yeah. in the <laughs> early two thousands. You know, like 2000 through 2000 and like 10, all the real pop rock music wasn't like, she's a whole, you know, like it was like. Yeah, there's no misogyny in rock music. No, there is. I do know that. (laughs) You mean like songs like Pour Some Sugar On Me or She Fucking Hates Me? And by the way. I knew all the, I didn't know those songs, but for some reason, like pour some shit or or she fucking I used to love it. She fucking hates Puddle me. Puddle of mud was my shit for a bit. I used to love this song, but you know I never identified with it because there's something like it was like kind of like a, I was apart from me. You know I didn't I don't know what it was, but. I you're, didn't. You're able to to separate. Yeah, and... but when you see people like you. Saying, you know, I don't know. I just, I just be like, oh man, this hip hop. <laughs> you know, I think I mentioned to you before. We used to hang in the library in Fordham Road in the Bronx. It's like a library, and it was like in New York. There's like these things, like it's called Green Streets, where in between like four lane highways, they put like these little medians where in between the in between the, the walk and don't walk, you can stand, and there's trees, right? right? And one of them near the Fordham Library in the Bronx was very big and had benches on it, actually. So it was, we called it the island. So we hung out there. We hung on the, in the library. We would be like, oh, the ghetto people. And, mm. you know, and it was the gothic people and the rockers and stuff and the ghetto people. So now, then... When you say where you were goth, were you like... I didn't say I was goth. Oh, but you but said we, you, but you that's affiliated. How we, that's how we... I mean... You were like, goth affiliates. What does that even mean? Like, you know, but we would just be like, we're goth. We're the goth people. And we listen to different music than them. And they're, they suck because they listen to music that means women and blah, blah, blah. And they're fucking terrible. But literally, I would listen to fucking music. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it literally made no sense. Like, slap my bitch up. <laughs> no, no, it's true. It's true. So I never really, like, understood any of what was really going on in hip hop, but I was exposed to it mm-hmm. and I would be lying because my memory is actually twisted because I'm when I, when I twisted. first, when I first was in uh, high school, I used to always lose my merch card. My student, you don't know, but I don't know if you know about this. You're not from New York. You're from the West coast. I'm from good old California. From California guys. Hey, dude, the weather is so always 90 degrees. The ocean. <laughs> So I said, right? So, we're a student in New York. I give you a student metric card, three swipes a day. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
but I it's, it's a little white card. I used to always lose it. So I had to walk from 167th Street to what's technically like 193rd Street. Mm-hmm. But like for some reason in some parts of the Bronx, it's like street avenue, like street name street, street number name street. So it's like it's like 170th Mount Eden, 171st. So, so they, okay, all right. So gotcha. it took me a long time. Yeah. So I used to listen to, uh, I used to listen to Hot 97. Gotcha. You know, and so I, I you know, so I was, I was into you were, in like you 2003. Were, I was still into hip hop. You're exposed to it. I was and exposed enveloped and, in and it. I'm black. Oh, uh, this is audio, so they don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's they don't know you're black. You know, but I'm black. You know, and I like the. You know, and I was surrounded by other people of color, so I was exposed to hip hop. Hmm. You know, but like, I didn't really feel like I identified with it. So gotcha. even if I enjoyed it, I kind of like. It was a surface level enjoyment. Yeah. So like, so we did the show notes thing. Right. You know, right. which I wish I had a URL or something. You know, but if you go to, this is like the world's worst longest URL. <laughs> Hit me with it's it. Habitofwellness.wordpress.com. Oh, that's fucking awful. And it's pretty well. Habit of wellness. I think habit it's kinda, of wellness is catchy, but, but it's neither dot wordpress dot com. Yeah, Ugh, that's but, a lot of baggage. You know, every week there's a blog that's associated with the podcast that I do, and the show notes are going to be in the under the podcast or whatever app or whatever. But sometimes it like bunches it into like no punctuation. So I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> it gets rid of the vowels too. You have to read it like it's the you know? Torah. And then also it's like, you know, and then it's like a trampoline. Cause like, you know, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> like randomly halfway through. It's like, are you a citizen? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I see like you put all these things here <clears throat> and as you were writing them, I was like, I have no idea. Like, I feel so bad, but the only reason I know what the Zulu Nation is, is because of the Get Down. That's a great uh, miniseries, by the way. But, like, I didn't, I don't, now, granted, I've heard the names, and I've been exposed to the music, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that, like, people who look like me, where I grew up, heard the music, but they were exposed to the culture. Right. And they were, they were enveloped in and, and, you know, I heard the music, and I enjoyed the music. But, but you I, opted out of the culture. But I, I kind of. But I didn't really because I, okay, yeah, because I, I can't. Because <laughs> like the culture is not really tied into the music. It it, it seems like it is, it's, but the but the but the people and create their culture kind of around the music. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's a give and take between both of them, and which, is, which is well. All right, you go ahead. Well, go. I was gonna say that's yeah. why I think it's kind of weird when white people like Wu Tang. Not that it's weird, not that it's wrong, mm-hmm. but it feels like people who are not people of color are co-opting mm-hmm. this thing that is primarily a thing of people of color. Fair. That's fair. that's it. Oh that's, man, that's it. That's 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 the discussion topic of that the is. day: is how can uh, these these white people, the hegemony, in a sense, um, co-opt? But I, here's what I think is the the differentiate. We're not co-opting it. We're 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 not trying to take the Wu Tang and use it for our own separate desire type thing. It's You're not, not. I'm not. Well, it's here's what I'm getting at. People Pause. aren't. Yeah. 
What you drinking? Oh. What's the sound of that? Yeah. That sounds like a Colt 45 malt liquor 40 ounce. Now, I know that was really arbitrary. But I swear, this is literally, this is my idea. So if it sucks, I don't give a shit. Okay. Just interjected. <laughs> literally. Okay. This is called Was It In Good Taste? Which you haven't caught a hint of because I decided today that instead of doing an intro, did not, it sucks. It kind of takes it out. But I have to explain it this time. We got to just like stop. Right here, and now we're doing the intro. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to, to the first episode. Wow, well, no, no, episode beta one. Episode beta one. Because like, right, it might be like six betas. True, we could have a fuck ton of betas. Yeah, like, like shit. I should name the alpha. Fuck, fish fighter. Yeah, <laughs> fuck ton I mean, of betas. This is it. This is beta one of was that in good taste? And I'm your host, Stephen. I'm your co-host, Chandler, and today maybe we should have done an intro earlier but this is funnier so we'll see if this does or does not work let's see if it's in good taste clink now listen i want to make this clear so this is still going to be for now coming out the same week mm-hmm. but not instead of the art of Eving up and an additional an additional you're expanding your content i know and we're i feel like we should do this for a while mm-hmm and when this comes to being what it is, we'll make it into its own thing. But for now, I feel like this still fits within my brand. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is like a... You, you watched uh, Whitest Kids You Know, right? And they have their mm-hmm. regular sketch show. Yeah. But in the fifth season, they started doing the, the Civil War on drugs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a mini-series. They do like half the show would be their, their sketches. And then they'd... Stop it and be like, now you're watching the Civil War on drugs. And they would do like mm-hmm, a mm-hmm, continuous mm-hmm. story with all the same guys <clears throat> making similar jokes, but it has a little bit more continuity to it. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm so down. Like, I'm in know, it. But this is kind of the opposite because there's actually less continuity. But yes. we're drinking. What are you drinking? Well, like I said, drinking a classic... 40 ounce malt 45 or uh, cold 45 malt liquor. Uh, I can't do it. Do you just try to muster up a burp <laughs> and then I can force I, I don't I can force one, but I don't want to. <coughs> oh, there you go. Oh, that's that had some some I'm heat sorry. behind it. The pop filter has a little liquid on it now. Gross. <laughs> well, oh, th- no, this is too masculine. I'm sorry. We got to pull this back. Yeah, you're 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 making it gross. <laughs> So I'm drinking here a Colt 45, and it's it's smooth. You know, usually the 40s that I'm used to drinking are a little bit harsher. Like, I grew up drinking Mickey's at the bottle. I don't even know what that is. Mickey's is, uh, I, I honestly, it's like a green bottle. It's Irish. I, I don't know if it's, it sounds Irish. You feel Irish drinking it, but so, it's just Mickey's. a regular 40. And it's like the cheapest one you can get. In California, and they actually they make plastic ones now because so many people would drink a Mickey's and then just shatter it on the ground under them, and so now they're plastic forties. <laughs> but this this is significantly smoother, and it uh, it doesn't really taste like there's any alcohol in it. Like <laughs> Does it, it right? Yeah. This is water with yeah, a little bit of yeah, fizz to yeah. it. Um, by the way, what you you drank one earlier with me? Yeah, I drink. So I drink like apparently like it says it's created by Modelo. It's called Victoria, 
it was that 32 ouncer. But we also had a lot of whiskey. We had some whiskey uh, and stuff like that. You gotta do a little show but Green room preparation. What I'm drinking now, because I don't really drink White Claw, mm-hmm. but I occasionally keep some in my fridge <laughs> for when, like, in between hard liquor or when I'm playing a video game or something, I'm not trying to drink too heavily. This is called... So this is not that. I went to the supermarket, and I saw there's different things. This is called Quicken Marker. It is a spiked and sparkling peach beverage, zero sugar, made with organic alcohol, made of cassava, or yuca, as it's more commonly known as, cassava root, or yuca, and it's like vegan and sweetened. It's peach-flavored, sugar-free. Why is the word quinoa on here? It's literally the word quinoa on here because it's, it's, it's just like in there. vegan, I guess. What <laughs> vegans fucking love quinoa? <laughs> what the hell is going on? Organic amaranth, organic millet, organic quinoa. Oh, natural peach flavor, but there's no sugar, so it's actually it tastes really peachy. So what's the alcohol? Is it a, stevia? Is it oh a no, malt so the, liquor? so no. Or what? Uh, unlike White Claw, which is literally like m- kind of like a malt liquor with like Joe sugar, mm-hmm. this is actually the 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 alcohol comes from the cassava, and the it's yucca for the layman. Yeah, the, the yucca, and it's sweetened with cassava. It's sweetened with uh, stevia. Oh, yeah. So what's what's your uh, what's your review on it? The mango one that I had tasted nasty, which is still in my fridge. So I was hesitant to try the peach one that I bought, but this is not bad. What kind of flavors do it remind you of? No, it tastes like, it no, just, it tastes like peach. It just tastes like it peach. tastes like peach, like real peach or like peach flavor. Um, you know, in between, it's like it's like a little higher quality than like peach flavored things, but it's not quite like peach. Like it's not peach nectar. Yes. And I like stevia, you know, and this is pure stevia, not stevia monk fruit. So it's like, but the thing is, I find it to be a little too saccharine for my palate, mm. but it's not bad. Okay, but stevia. Is like four times sweeter than sugar, That's and potent and sugar obviously the there's not as much in there as you would put sugar. But I personally find it. <laughs> it's the fentanyl of sugar. It is. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, gotta get delicious. that stevia. Are you enjoying your call forty five? You know what? I am. I'll tell you what it reminds me of. The flavors in this cult. Going to say something really racist, like it reminds you of sitting in front of a stoop, selling selling that crack cocaine. Well, funny enough, <laughs> no. When I first turned twenty-one, I celebrated my birthday by going to the liquor, the closest liquor store, and I grabbed all my roommates. There were six of us, and none. Of, they didn't want to drink with me, but I'm like, "Fuck you guys! I'm I'm grabbing your drinks anyway." And I grabbed six forty ounces of the cheapest forty I can find, and then a couple extras in case you know. We wanted to do like an Edward Forty hands or something, really mm-hmm. get kinky with it, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. grabbed that. Grabbed a couple packs of uh, Backwoods, and then I sat on my porch in Goleta, Santa Barbara, just watching people walk by as I drank forties and smoked blunts with my roommates, and that was probably one of my most favorite birthday celebrations that I've ever. And I remember the forty that I drank at the time too, because it was E forties forty. That he had just come out with, and it had a really rich kind of honey wine <laughs> flavor to it. What's the name of the forty? It's called the E forty. That's what it's called. I can't. <clears throat> I can't. This E forty led one of the most like influential Bay Area rap careers, 
and has been doing it for decades. He's been on top of chart. He's been throwing like, like he'll feature on a track and just it'll blow up. And he's been doing this his entire rap career life up till about five years ago. And then he made the switch to marketing E4. I mean, he still does rap, but all of that led up to <laughs> making the E40 ounce malt liquor. I have a question. Yeah. Was the E4040 good? Better than most 40s. I'm let down. But it, you let me down just now. Yeah. You know why you let me down? Why I let you down? Is oh. it good? Yup. Yup. <laughs> Would you pour any out? Nope. nope. <laughs> Fuck, how did I not? <laughs> yup. I swear. All right, so. Oh, man. Now, this is the best thing. Oh, about, I dropped the ball. This is the best thing about a crazy non sequitur is getting back on track. Yep. Do you have any idea what you're talking about before? We were talking about Wu Tang. Shit, I thought you were gonna say nope. No, God oh. damn it. You missed it every fucking time. Well, see, here's you're the thing. You're the comedian. Here's the thing though. See, we started this episode <laughs> and you said you know nothing about the Wu Tang clan. And as a white kid from the suburbs, that is everything I've ever wanted to hear out of my black friend. <laughs> this is the test. This is what we've been studying for. He's like, oh, you know, oh, uh, wait, wait a minute. Wait, what? What? I have a chance. You know nothing to... about the Wu-Tang I can impart my knowledge <laughs> about the, all the, all this futile uh, <laughs> appropriation <laughs> has I... finally amounted to something. Can I educate you about the hip hop? <laughs> Wait a minute. You don't know about being black? Let me help. <laughs> <laughs> White people be crazy. <laughs> White people be crazy. Man, black people, man, we don't pay our bills on time. White people, man, they got good credit. They pay their bills on time. <laughs> Oh, I swear. You ever see how Wonder Bread be all like, oh, hey, howdy. <laughs> and Pumpernickel be all like, what's good? What's good? <laughs> you ever see that one pic? You, you ever see? Yo, I saw a thing of, I saw a thing of uh, Bernie Sanders and he was greeting group people and it was like the Key and Peele skit. He greeted a black person with a pound. He hit them with the Slap, he hit him with the... And then he pulled it in, and then he also... Oh, he did he do up hold, and down with hold it? Hold on, no, no, no. So he went, right, for like, not a handshake, he knew. He went for like a pound, bam. He pulled it back into the fist, bam, and then he pulled the thumb up. Oh, shit. Bam. Oh, and he went for the... It was casual. The... I swear, I swear, hold on, we got to bam, bam, bam. And then he went to the white person and gave them a handshake. And it was like a fucking... See, that's that's how you know he's following Obama's vision. That is, he knows. That's he's it. in touch with the people. However, I gotta say though, what the handshake you just did, it it, it doesn't exist. What? When? So let let's review. So what you just you went in for the slap and then the finger hold where we're right here, like kind of the yin and yang yeah. thing. But then you went back in with the the thumb gap connect. No, you're wrong. What? You're wrong. Well, okay, what? So, white man, white man, handshake, yeah, pull into the fist. No, no, Wait. white man, pull into the fist. Black man, uh huh, pull it into the thumbs. Batman, Batman, uh, yeah. That. Now, so I can teach you about handshakes. Well, see, I you can teach me about hip hop. There's a drastic difference between like Northern California. 
Here's this is a legit oh, no. thing I learned. Southern California and Northern California have different handshakes, but they both suck compared to New York. You know what? Suck a dick. So even um, excuse <laughs> me, you're white wearing a Wu Tang, and that's East Coast. Even though you're from Staten Island, we don't claim that. Uh, Wu Tang is mother- world motherfucking wide. You know, West Side. Um, connection, um, excuse me, you know what it says on Wikipedia? It, Wikipedia it says that they They're, were were around, but they didn't. They were not participating in the East versus West Coast beef. They are based in Staten Island. That's they are based in Staten Island, but all over the land, all over the the world, from Shaolin to Wu Tang to Staten to Bronx to Brooklyn to Manhattan. What is but what is this in your in in the show notes that you can find at habitablewellness.wordpress.com? <laughs> I'm about to keep that forever cuz I think this is hilarious. What you looking uh, at? It says resonates with New York state of mind. And make references to Marvel comic book universe. Oh, so now we're actually getting into our dis- uh, like our legit all right, discussion. I'm, I'm, okay. All right. So our notes. So here's my argument as to why I think the Wu Tang Clan is popular with white people. Wu Tang Clan is popular with everyone because of their diverse marketability. But okay, so. What what the Wu Tang Clan did was they didn't just find one one niche or one section. They they hit multiple demands. Is your drink empty? No, Is that it's okay? It's okay. No, that's some old bullshit. We it's can't okay. have that. No, going. no, no. Continue. I'm into it. I'm... So what the what the Wu Tang Clan did was not only did they have their their New York established uh, uh, presence, but on top of that. They encoded things that were recognizable for people beyond New York. Like, so what got me into hip hop initially as a young kid growing up in the suburbs of Antelope, California, was I recognized a lot of the music that my parents listened to, like the rock and stuff, being sampled in hip hop. Like, one of the first songs I was like, oh shit, rap is pretty cool when I was 10 was uh, Walk This Way by Run DMC and Aerosmith. Oh, oh yeah, that was, that was a banger. Huge crossover hit, yeah, yeah. Huge. Then you start getting into some of the other Def Jam records or the, 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 big, um, the big songs that came out of Def Jam and like Beastie Boys would sample Led Zeppelin a ton. You have like ACDC, Aerosmith, all those kind of classic rock being sampled in some of these these uh, hip hop styles, so you recognize it a little bit, and then you dig a little deeper. And so, what eventually started going on was as you as you get a little bit more enveloped into this this music genre, you start going, "Well, fuck, I'm a white kid who has no idea what the culture is about, uh, what what it's about, where did it grow up, how did I'm completely outside of this." this theory of study. And so what you do then is you start looking to the people who are determined to be the, the, like the founding fathers. So like you start with your Tupac, your Biggie, your Wu-Tang clan, and uh, like your, your sugar Hill gang, grandmaster Kaz, um, fuck whoever, like you just start with the, the big names who are known to have founded the genre. And as you listen to them more, you find, you know, whatever avenues that you really like. And listening to the Wu-Tang Clan, you f- you find more diverse um, 
dimensions to them. Like they do a lot of references to the Marvel comic uni- comic book universe. Ghostface Killer is kind of known for that. His, one of his alter egos is Tony Stark's the hmm. the last or the the Masked Avenger. And wait, how long can we? See, how long was he uh, doing that? Like that's kind of inceptional for like of the mm-hmm. Wu Tang. But how long was he doing that? Since like the eighties? Yeah. So I don't know. This is like a random like you know. I know people who might listen to this be like, oh, well, Tony Stark. But Iron Man was a like Z grade comic book hero until the original like Avengers movie, until like original Iron Man movie came out like ten years ago. Iron Man was super like Z minus grade. Yeah. He was no one that anyone ever knew. So that's actually really interesting to that's... to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for some reason Iron Man resonated a lot with uh, Riza and Ghostface Killer, and it like that kind of comic book aspect of it was able like they could don these personas and and build this this aura of clout that hip hop is known for because hip hop is all and rap specific like battle rap street rap underground stuff is all about how big and badass can you make yourself look while making everyone around you look weaker kind of thing it's it's you know it's degradatory or what what's what's the word um derog not derogatory i mean uh, but you, like you it's, it's right and i was kind of just gonna, i was gonna let it go somewhat dig part of being a good rap artist is you kind of have to degrade the people who compare themselves to you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so you have to put yourself up on a pedestal mm-hmm. it's easier to do that when you assume a false or, or a fictionalized identity, mm-hmm. and that way you're not actually hurting like anyone's feelings. Especially one of like, like a superhero, yeah, especially exactly. You're a yeah. superhero, not just now. not just like you're not just like you know your real name is Curtis and you're Fifty Cent, but like you know you are this person, but you're Ghostface Killer, you're Tony, you're Tony, you're Tony Starks. Starks. You're like you're putting the block on your back. You're mm-hmm. here looking out for all the kids and the mothers and the fathers who mm-hmm. who can't help mm-hmm. themselves. You're the superhero who's who's keeping it down on the streets. Yeah. And you know, also the whole like the the little porthole vision into the kind of struggles that the black community and the black experience carries with it in the New York Staten Island area. Tell me why, man. Tell That's, me. That's it's an, it's interesting. We don't know about that. But we want to know. So you you completely actually kind of blow my mind a little bit because I realized that like one of the reasons why in my history I've been able to hop I've been able to hip hop hip to the hip to hip hip hop in and um, out of uh the the hip hop and rap culture was because actually being who I am, raised where I was, and experiencing what I have I'm able to identify pretty much with everyone except for people who are rapping about how much money they got because I ain't got none. <laughs> you know, and so, that's what Wu Tang's about. They don't you know, rap about money; they're rapping about how yeah. money controls everything yeah. around them. But because I dream, but, but because <laughs> but because I'm so actually kind of I'm able to identify with them and these artists. I never really took a moment to like look. Here we go again. The Lord and Savior Pendulette <laughs> talks about how and, and on on the the Bible Penn Sunday School, which comes on on Sunday and Wednesdays, 
um, about how when he was like he was reading, I can't remember the name of the artist. It was like Bruce Springsteen or that was somebody. It was some maybe not even. Um, he was reading the the liner notes of an album, and it said, "Read Kafka, read this, read that," you know. And he read that, and being from like, actually, I think he's I think he's actually from like Minnesota. Like he's from. But he like he's <laughs> killed his accent, you know. He's from like some state that like we don't respect here in the east or the west, you know. Right. And, and one he, of those middle America states that yeah, no one yeah. gives a shit about. Yeah. So he like he read, <laughs> you know, you know the reason why Trump won. He read, he read, he read the liner notes, and they're like, read this first, and then it, it said to read this, listen to this, do this, and so he did because he really wanted to like. You know, like, I mean, his parents didn't have a lot of money. His father would, oh my God, I saw like of him and I know his entire life. It was like a security guard and all this Maybe blah, blah, blah. through this, like, you might be able to eventually meet I'll, Pendulette. Was something? I was thinking about And then that. ride his dick in person I was as much really, as you're riding it. I was thinking about it. I was really thinking about that. But like, he was, he did not live a super privileged life. Mm-hmm. However, get less sexy. However, however, <laughs> he, his parents, built his house from scratch with their hands, built their house with their hands and stuff. But like, he wanted to live a certain kind of life. So he like exposed himself to it. He read it. And I grew up being beaten and jumped and chased and being afraid of gunshots and all those things. So it never occurred to me to look back at the people who, you know, I never thought to myself, right. you don't want to dwell. In yeah. That. It's like, oh, well, oh man, you know, it's like, man, this song I really like is about being shot at in the streets. I identify with it. I never thought, well, there we go. That's pro. I never scoot this, scoot this mic forward a little bit. There we go. I never, uh, I never thought to myself like, man, I really identify with this. Let me go to the library and read a book about that. I read books that were completely pure escapism. I listened to music that was escapism. I listened to things like that allowed me to escape the world that I lived in. Mm-hmm. And none of it was music about the place that I came from. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, I, and I never, and because of like, I was nobody's gangster, you know, I didn't really was like looking like, Oh man, I want to follow in the footsteps of this person or looking up like, Oh man, African Bobata and the Zulu nation and blah, blah, blah. Right. And all these right. things. I didn't feel like I didn't put them on a pedestal or anything like that. I didn't hate them or anything, but, but they just, they weren't who you looked up to. Of they course weren't... not. Because the people who liked the music that they liked and they produced were the people who like would chase me down and beat me and threaten me and I had fights with and etc cetera, etc cetera, you know right so I didn't want that you know so I mean that's valid that, that's a little bit of white privilege there you know oh like, definitely it's a little fetishization and I'm not saying I don't really think it's racist but like it's uh, a facet of white privilege it is it totally is Cause, especially because. You know, I'm I'm living in a world that's like claiming to be post-racial, and yet you hear so much music from uh, hip hop and stuff talking about how that's bullshit, and you kind of hear a snippet of it, and you're like, "Is it? Are are they are they telling the truth? Am I really living in some sort of like weird uh, kind of glossed over inequality world? Like you start white people, well." I can't say say for all white. No, people. you can. Like, yeah, white power, right? White yeah, power. 
<laughs> I, yep. Yep. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> like it, it was it was a way to kind of pull the curtain back on the bullshit that we grew up with that you know we're a post-racial society and that's kind of what drew me into hip-hop was you have people who have boots on the ground telling you about it's a difficult life and there's not you know full equality and full equity and you know you're being taught in school like oh yeah well you know the civil rights act got passed so you know black people are the same as white people now <laughs> and wow why are you guys so uh, concerned your that was your ancestors you mean my grandmother yeah you yeah. know it's like yeah 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 and you're just you're like you can you you have to use that to kind of break the illusion you know and you know that's that's what drew me into listening to people uh, more along the lines of the the Zulu Nation, like a tribe called Quest, um, Most Deaf, Talib Kweli, um, their their project together, the Black Star. That was one of a, uh, that was one of the big groups that I listened to because they were talking real shit about something that I had no mm-hmm. idea about, and that was kind of like my little perception into realizing that there's still inequality and stuff going officer, on. Officer, officer. The overseer. The over- yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the the yeah. fucking what is it? Dead president? Dead prez? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's oh man. Like fuck. I watched the Chappelle show and in Living Color and learned about social movements in that. Like I learned about Rodney King from a stupid ass sketch on In Living Color where they're like, remember, don't get out of the car. Like <laughs> it was him and. uh Fuck, I forget the dude's name that Jim Carrey was, oh, was yeah, playing yeah, the yeah, character yeah, yeah, of. Yeah, I forgot. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they were like, just remember, don't get out of the car <laughs> type shit. And mm-hmm. like, you know, th- those would then spark further questions for me as to, you know, why why did why did this shit happen? Or why is this not totally fair? And um, I think a lot of that kind of stuff is glossed over when you're immersed in, in the white privilege, the whiteness. So now you would say that now I'm about to be on your side a little bit because you wouldn't understand maybe this, but my love and passion of hip hop has come about because I, like many people, black, white, yellow, orange, purple, indigo, maroon. Uh, By the way, I love how it always goes from black, white, yellow, green, purple, like, as soon as you say yellow, you're like, oh, fuck, I gotta go absurd with it. Black, white, yellow, uh, chartreuse, uh, <laughs> um, magenta, I, uh, uh, fuck, am I missing uh, anyone? Um, um, I, uh, I didn't understand the racism that I had experienced, because I grew up with people who look like me in a place where everybody around me was me. And I used to say something that makes me kind of sick to say now. But I used to always say, like, the white person's holding me down? Where? Nothing. I Oof. see. I see nothing. <laughs> oh, it get hot in here? Oh, man. Oh, I used to always be like, man, all I see is people who look like me holding me down and holding each other down because I didn't understand, really. And 
now granted it's not like it's not been two years that I've, I, I've, <laughs> I've, I've changed my opinion but my re-emergence of the world of enjoying hip-hop music has actually enlightened me a lot hmm. because for some part of my life for some reason I've never I, I don't I never understood or recognized the things that I'd gone through the, because the I'd systematic because I'd stopped listening to hip hop music and the people in hip hop talk about the things that I've experienced but I didn't know because oh. I stopped listening to it as a now granted it doesn't make listening to rock and pop and all those things and like metal and stuff like you know uh, it doesn't make it negative and that's still my primary enjoyment of music but I kind of separated myself from that cultural music that the music culturally completely mm-hmm and so I wasn't exposed to people who actually had the same opinions and views as me, which sometimes I always say you have to separate yourself from people who share your views and opinions. And, but you also have to sometimes also in, in, in do that as well. Hmm. You know, you have to consume it's, media of people who look like you. Yeah. You have to listen to to things created by and read books by and play video games by and experience things from people who share your point of view because it's not exactly your point of view. Right. And it's, so it's affirming, but at the same time it helps guide that affirmation into further conclusions. And once I start listening to more, you know, and then like I used to always say like, Oh, you know, hip hop is this and that. But there's always been conscious hip hop. Hip hop. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to always say like, "Well, I only liked hip hop from the '90s." Yeah, man. Oh, the stuff in the early '80s and early '90s—that was it. There was nothing else. After '93, all of a sudden, there was bitches, hoes, and tricks. <laughs> <laughs> and you've heard that? Tell me, you've not heard that before? I've I've heard that. You know, that even narrative. white people too. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, well, you know, you know, I like hip hop. Some I like hip. I like a little hip hop sometimes as well." But uh, wait. Dad, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, my dad listened to Two Live Crew when the CD was still banned from being sold because right. of uh, whatever like explicit content. Mm-hmm. He and his brother run or ri- drive around in their truck, blasting Two Live Crew. Why does the Dickens, by the way? <laughs> but, and right, but then what happens? Right, they're like, well, I he grows up a little bit. Man, I uh, really. Why do they have to say the N word so much? Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh Jesus! And I would say the same thing. And like, and I don't say nigga that much. But Dave Chappelle's latest skit said the best thing ever mm-hmm. when he was in the thing. He was like, he was, he was like, well, he, she was like, well, you know, you can't say the word faggot because you're not gay. And he went and he said, <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm going to imitate it like he did. Because okay. you know, nothing's better than taking someone else's joke and telling it. Like you're them. (laughs) (laughs) So I go into the room and Susan, she says to me, she goes, well, you know, Dave, Dave, you you can't say the word faggot. I say, why? Well, because you're you're not gay. So I I nod and I turn around to leave and then it hits me and I turn around and said, well, well, damn, I skipped the whole part of the fucking joke. Yeah, you fucked up. I forgot the whole entire part where he was like, why can't I say the N word? Yeah. But because I'm not a nigger either. That's the entire point. It's, yeah. Because. 
Ooh, you know, it's really strange and weird. And white people were just, well, I don't understand. And I was kind of the same way because I still don't think that people should be throwing around the N-word so much. I don't think it's as empowering or as illuminating as some people think. I don't. I really don't. Mm-hmm. However, it's not... I don't feel like I should be demonized if I did or people should be, and especially in art, and people are, are expressing themselves. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, Kendrick is a, a woke rapper, right? Right. Now, we were talking before the so, podcast about, like, uh, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, no about, I, before the, about before the podcast about, like, misogyny and stuff in hip-hop, right? You know, in art is about expression. Right. Okay? And saying nigga in a song and sometimes using misogynistic terms and phrases in music and in art, it has its place as a form of expression. And me, I used to be like, well, I don't understand this. I don't understand. Why can't the rap be like Will Smith? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Summer, summer, summer time. Like, why can't it be just like, you know, but I was, I was dead wrong. You weren't dead wrong. Like, you you still had a good intention. Like, so I think, I I know as much as my opinion counts in this matter, I think the (laughs) N-word... Oh, yeah, the caucasity. What word? The the N-word. Oh, I hear it. That's okay, you're saying it. I hear it in my... Yeah. You you hear it in your mind's eye. Yeah. It should still be considered a curse word. Mm Mm-hmm. But you can't... You can't genuinely stop anyone from saying it in art or in media because art and media reflect life and there's a whole bunch of other rules and ethics that go into protecting the sanctity of art and certain media. Uh, like, so, <laughs> like, I'm saying, you wouldn't hear a news broadcaster drop it. <laughs> but, but, like, if if you're, did. but if you did... Is it? But is also is it, is it the end of the world? Like, and I feel like so. This is why it's like the same. It's the same reason you shouldn't just go somewhere and say cunt because. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which now I'm about to say something. This is why you shouldn't beat women, but it's okay to listen about music about people who do beat women <laughs> because it's not real. And it's a matter of expression, and but you say it's not real. Art reflects reality. It does. But does art distort that reflection, or is then reality distorted by that art? Well, it, it, so you got to look at it like hip hop artists. You got to take hip hop artists. Let's say uh, I don't know Drake. Uh huh. Drake. I don't know how hard his life was. His life probably wasn't the easiest. He's, Not the easiest. He's Canadian, so at least yeah. he had health, co- health right? coverage. Okay, Bernie. Um, <laughs> I'm, not I'm si- getting my finger going again. <laughs> All not- the corporations <laughs> own 90% of the... <laughs> I'm not saying that like he had the easiest life, uh-huh. but he didn't live the life that I lived, right? However, being a person of color, this is a matter of his expression, and it's okay for him to rap about being hard and gangster, even if he's not, because it's not so much about how he feels about his art, about how other people feel about his art. And it's really meta. 
mm-hmm. because not everybody knows about the life of Drake. But they see his face and this color of his skin and they hear his music and they infer when they're not black yeah. about the kind of life that he lived. And he's really just another person expressing the frustration of what it's like to be a person of color in a world. Now, granted, he's in Canada. And if you were from, like, there's black rappers in Europe and stuff like that or whatever, it's different than... I mean, ha- listen to Midwest Choppers. There's rappers right. all around the world. There's a lot. Or, sorry, not Midwest. Mid- worldwide Midwest Choppers. choppers. Midwest World Choppers. Worldwide Choppers. Is, yeah. Worldwide Choppers. I don't know this song. But you look at it, and it's like... There is a certain level of honesty, and it's not really the people rapping about their lives. That's the mistake I realized I was making. They're not rapping about them being gangster. They're not rapping about their struggles. They're rapping kind of in general yeah. about the plight of people who look like them. Mm-hmm. You know, or it's about the the lives of people adjacent to them. Mm-hmm. Kendrick is a perfect fucking example. Yeah. Because Kendrick, Lamar went to college and all these things, but he was exposed to, just like me, I, I, I actually identify with Kendrick a lot because I'm not exactly gangster, but I've done some gangster shit. Gang, gangster adjacent. Gangster adjacent, and I've been surrounded by... Who was the uh, the comedian? He had a Comedy Central show recently called Hood Adjacent. I don't know. Uh, he he was uh, I forget his name, but he had a really I liked that that show. Anyway, well, sorry. I like how you bring it up, but you have no idea. Uh, it's a really nice investment. In that. Thank you I've for really me. you know yeah. leaned into that yeah. whole interjection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you, Cheryl Sandberg. Um, <laughs> so I think that like you know, I think that it's very interesting that I felt so separated from these people, but all they're doing is expressing different aspects of the life that I was surrounded by, which hmm. is the bling era. I'm about to get kind of meta. We're going into it. The bling era, in my opinion, was not people really talking about how much money they had, right? It was it's about how much money they wanted to have. Exactly. You know, not now when they have money, but when they were kids, they wanted to have cars, money, and bitches, you know? And I used to be like, oh, well, that's a lot of misogyny. But... It's not really the right way to think about it because they're not really thinking about women as as like possessions. They're thinking about like when they had nothing. Right. That's what they thought about was cars, money, and bitches. Okay. You know, and this, the thing that's a little different is in the late eighties and early nineties, they were definitely rapping about the lives that they had then, because that was an entire kind of different world. And in order to break through as hip hop artists, it would right. you were kind of like there were some pop hip hop artists. It was like dancey, yeah. But it was, like it was all like club stuff. You but, didn't have really like music from from the 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 underground, yes. from the streets. But all the underground stuff was people really expressing themselves. And then going to late nineties to early two thousands, I think about like Nelly. And like, you know, it's like, it sounds weird, but you listen to Nelly, it's like, it's I'll getting hot in here. Let's take a while of clothes. But what is, what is he rapping about? Okay, well, Meta, he's not rapping about what he's doing. He's rapping about what he wanted to do. Like, in the, and <laughs> he had no money. He had no bitches. You know, he had mad problems. He's growing up in the dirty, dirty. You know, growing up in the dirty, dirty. 
you know? And then the people also write about, like, Air Force Ones, right? Because that's what they wanted. They didn't have no money when they were kids. Mm-hmm. They didn't have shoes, you know? They didn't have the opportunity. So that was, that was bling, you know? Right, that's where you the know? bling era came yeah. up, was it? And then once they were able to find some success or find their niche in that, then they were able to to live out, or at least through music videos, express that that desire. And Crunk was kind of like that too. Crunk was like wild, free expression of self. You want to talk about Crunk? Oh, okay. Oh, you want to talk about Crunk? Let's talk about let's talk about the West Coast interpretation of Crunk. Oh. Ooh, I've been waiting. Oh, I, I, I've been waiting. What is it? All right, what is it? We're going to talk about the hyphy movement. This is going to be probably the last topic. That's All right. it. All right. Fuck, we want to talk about... I, I really want to talk about the hyphy movement. Where's the... I have here a little description of the hyphy movement. Of course, if you want to read more about it, you can go to word... Well, shit. Habitofwellness.wordpress.com. There you go. All right. Uh, emerges... Uh, well, Emerged out of the late 90s, Oakland. Yeah, I know what I mean. <laughs> Bay Area in the early 2000s, led by prominent rap artist E-40. Yep. Yep. Too Short. Yep. Yep. Mac Dre. Yep. Mm, nope. What? Kiki the Sneak. Mm. First coin to start. I'm off that 18th Army Joseph. The style of music is associated with a crunk. All right. Educate me. All right. So let's talk about the hyphy movement. Because. By the way, can I say, I listened to a little hyphy. Sounds so much like crunk, and crunk rappers are directly associated with hyphy. So there you go. There's a, there's a, a very very distinct lineage. Um, however, the hyphy movement is is distinctly Bay Bay Area, and you know, kind of spread out to my hometown, Sacramento. So like we're we're San Francisco adjacent, Oakland adjacent, that Bay Area. So what came out of the hyphy movement was it was very funk-fueled music. It also had a lot of influence from uh, Southern California, like with that kind of synthesized Ice-T, N.W.A. kind of music. Um, But it was very bass-heavy, and it was very clubby at the same time because, here it goes, the amount of ecstasy that was being peddled in the area. (laughs) Now, you have songs... During the hyphy movement, like fizzle dance. What does hyphy mean? So hyphy is uh, derived from the word hyperactive, and that gotcha. the 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 characterization of the hyphy movement is uh, the type of music and and more importantly the type of dance that was coming like the along with fizzle it. dance. The fizzle dance, you say? That's what you just said. Can you do the fizzle dance? I can't. What is? Well, see first. You do like this. You put a look on your face like you smelled some piss. Dance to dance to the beat till it start to hurt, and then you dust all the smirt out your shirt. Uh, <laughs> for those of you more interested in the thizzle dance, please look up Mac Dre's thizzle dance on YouTube, and you will be quickly informed <laughs> on how to do the thizzle dance. Um, it's it's that's it, hot. It has to do with uh, the the relationship to the bay area club scene with the distribution of ecstasy and also the hyphy movement has um according to robin kelly in the book 
uh, you know, Obama's dysfunctional, which I had to read for an intro to race and race relations sociology class. What? Another white person. Ooh, you learned all the stuff you learned about in college. Okay, gotcha. No, Robin Kelly's black. No, oh, but you learned about it in college. I, yeah. What a privilege. From continue. No, let me let me go mm-hmm. on. No, about no, no, continue about the book. Continue. My instructor for this class, the professor, is married to Chuck D. Oh wow! Okay, I, I was actually that's kind of cool. Th- this was really I I thoroughly enjoyed listening to her lectures. I'm drawing a blank on her name right now, and I feel bad. <laughs> I'm a Google Chuck D. Wife. Continue, but no. Um, and in this class, you know, in this book, the the hyphy movement was kind of characterized as a way for the disenfranchised youth to rebel against authority and systematic authority structures as a way of saying, fuck, you gonna keep us like animals in a cage. We're gonna act fucking wild. And so, like, you, you dance almost almost like headbanging, kind of. Like, it's not a full two-step, but, like, you get into a group, and there's usually one person who's, like, tutting or tur- turfing, it's it's a style of pop and lock mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was used to um, kind of designate. Again, you would designate <laughs> your street corner and your turf by turfing. Like you do this this dancing pop and lock and shit, and then people would be like, "Oh shit, that guy's clearly on some drugs. He probably has some drugs." Yeah. It's obviously this is obviously where he that's his turf. Obviously, this look is, at those hot dance moves. Yeah. No. Yeah. This. <laughs> you're saying this sarcastically. <laughs> And so you have artists like, well, Too Short was more of like a founding father of just Bay Area rap, but like Mac Dre, E-40 heavily pioneered this hyphy movement of a way of just going wild, going dumb, as it's, as it's quoted. Uh, you go stupid in, in this Bay Area kind of rap scheme. And that was, was a big influence on my hometown. Like, you couldn't go to a school dance without hearing Tell Me When to Go. and Never heard that song uh, in a day in my life. Like, you want to talk about Keep the Sneak? Like, yada da mean? Uh. <laughs> what is this West Coast nonsense? Oh, I swear. I feel I, like speaking a foreign language. No, you know, it's not even a joke. I really have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, and it's and it's reached, it, it's continued now. You can see these same, like like elements there it's not it's not at the same height that it was then mainly because some of the founding fathers well mac dre died and so the the hyphy movement as a movement tapered off i mean you still have e40 holding it down yep and nope <laughs> and, and too short and all them but all now, them's like all them's and now you have kind of like this new generation of it with uh, I Am Sue and what is it, Team Backpack and uh, Problem and those kind of like Bay Area-esque. And it's even resonated with some of the um, Southern California rappers like YG. They even kind of have started to incorporate that sort of movement. Finally, a name I recognize, gotcha. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's very bass-heavy, like, fuck – I wanted to have dreads at one point just so I could shake them dreads. Oh my Jesus Christ. Here's the start. Here's here's E40's first line in the song Tell Me When to Go. 
Jesus Christ had dreads, so shake them. I ain't got none, but I'm planning on growing some. <laughs> I felt that to my fucking core, man. I can't. Oh. Imagine all the Hebrews going dumb, dancing on top of chariots, I, turning tight ones. I could, I could see the locks just like dreaded. right, the little curls, the little curls. <laughs> just like the little, the little beeswax on them, real quick. right? You know. So you can see how I kind of, I got fished in. I got fished into this easily. Man, I sure do love my white friends and their <laughs> love for hip hop. <laughs> I, I, I can't even. I feel like I feel like we should end this, but I feel like we should end it the way that like if this was like a great radio show, like this was like the end of like like you'd actually phase like, in yeah, a real like, song. And no, no, like, no, 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 no. Like, uh, well, kind of because <laughs> I, I don't know how to end a show other than that and have no other music. So I'm gonna press the button. Hold on, hold on. Okay, wait. I didn't press it. Oh, that's the wrong song. Oh no. That's all the watchtower. That's all the watchtower. I don't have any rights to that. (laughs) Shit, I put this on YouTube and it's going to get fucking demonetized even though it makes no money. You know, in like two seconds. So we're going to try that again. Hold on. And man, what? Oh, shit. That didn't work. You know, I'm going to take this quick time out and go back to the Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, boy. When it comes down to it, Wu-Tang is forever. It's world motherfucking wide. Wu-Tang ain't nothing to fuck with. And like ODB said, Wu-Tang is for the children. And ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's, that was, uh, was that in good taste? And this song, <laughs> I can't even, I can't. Man, don't we love it when white people talk about hip-hop? <laughs> sure do love that hip-hop. And now, one by Conversing with Oceans. <laughs> This is awesome, but I I don't know. So, because before you know, before with the art of giving up, which this is gonna be in the same feed, but this is gonna move the mic around. Don't don't worry about it. You know, this definitely. I feel like we're making fun of it, but in a way, this is a little bit more morning zoo. <laughs> <laughs> this we are really kind of doing your like morning commute. You know, <laughs> you know. It's like, hey there, guys. If you guys are in New York tomorrow, the weather is going to be within between 40 degrees and 85 degrees. And don't and don't forget, if that guy is between 5 foot and 6'3 and he's a person of color, hold on to your purse. Nah, man. If you're afraid of someone who's 5 foot, like, you got a lot more things to worry about. <laughs> between 5 foot and 6 feet, he's a person of color. You can't tell. Oh, you're right. Because even Muggsy Bugs could dunk. That is a. I only know who he is because of freaking uh, because of NBA Jam. All right. <laughs> this is, this is. I guess you know what. I have no idea. You 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 in this? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm gonna end the. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Was That in Good Taste, the podcast where we occasionally taste things, but mainly make tasteful, distasteful jokes about other things. I appreciate you all. Thank you so much, Stephen, for having me on the show, and I hope we get to do this a lot more. And for now, if you wanted to contact us, because this is still technically kind of like the art of giving up, like B side. It's like B side. <laughs> Woo! It's like you know, it's like ninety-two point three. 
like it's like K Rock, but it's like K Rock on satellite. You we're, know, <laughs> we're like one of the uh, one of the like uh, if a radio has a website, yes. we're like one of the like side links. Yes, to- <laughs> yes. It's like it's like hey there, guys, we're the real alternative to your morning commute. If you want to check out our side show with more details about nothing that pertains to you. That's right, man. Why do white people love Wu Tang? Dude, we fucking love Wu Tang. Yeah, Killer bees on the swarm. Wow. Art of giving up dot pod. Wait, shit. Art of giving up podcast at gmail dot com. Da art of giving up at twitter dot com. And art of giving up on Facebook. And art of giving up on Instagram. Until there's anything else. Wait, wait. Where are the where are the show notes again? Oh, the show notes are going to be at habitofwellness.wordpress.com. They're also going to be attached to the podcast, and I'm going to host the website that's going to be probably linked in the podcast specifically for the show notes. All right, and you can also see any of my additional musings and ramblings on this subject at oh. humblebumblebear.com. Oh, I can't. <laughs> Humblebumblebear. Well, that has been... Was that in good taste? We're your host, Steven. And I'm Chandler. Shit! Shit! <laughs> yep. Word is bond. Imagine all the Hebrews going dumb, dancing on top of chariots and turning tight ones. Tell me when they go. Dancing all off, catch on.